Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to thank and pay our respects to the elders, past, present, and emerging. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Well, the Wellbeing Science Insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week, we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field. I'm your host, Blue Ngo, coming to your ears from NARM, Melbourne, Australia. Let's learn together. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Doing Well, the show where we talk about all things well-being. And today I have a very special guest in the room all the way uh, in a very different time zone. And I'll get her to introduce herself in a little bit. Uh, but the topic of today is, um, I think, a very timely one for myself. And I think for a lot of people, it's time to talk about personal growth. And today we're going to talk about the fact that to grow does not mean to be perfect. And the reason my guest is so special and perfect to talk about this topic is because um, here we have in the room Pallavi Srivastava. She is a leadership and growth coach, ACC, CPCC, certified professional co-active coach. She's recently written a book about the relationship with ourselves and well-being and personal growth. And this book will be published this fall or by this fall at the latest, I would say. Uh, so I'll get Pallavi to introduce herself a little more. Pallavi, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I would love to introduce, uh, to get you to introduce yourself to our audience and just share a bit more about your journey, you know, your professional journey, how you got here, and especially a bit more about how you came to write this book. Thank you, Lou. Thank you for having me here. And uh, well, so my journey with well-being has been has been a long one, so <laughs> for over a decade. But, uh, uh, you know, to begin with, uh, I was in a totally different career before getting in this field of working as a professional in well-being. Uh, I was working as a business journalist early in my 20s, and I reached a point where I had a personal and professional breakdown for myself, and that's when I just picked up my bag and walked out from my office because I couldn't, I couldn't literally, you know, take that anymore. And I had, I went on a break of learning and growing about myself and going for different kinds of trainings and classes and everything. And that's how the personal journey of well-being and growth started for me uh, there. And it was very different in the beginning. I thought I would be, and that's why I, I talk about the topic. I love the topic that to grow is not about being perfect because when I got on my own journey of well-being and personal growth at first, I thought it's about being perfect. So I was, you know, focused on fixing myself, put myself into shape, you know, so can I, so I can live my best life. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's a little bit about this topic. Uh, being very personal and very close to me and while I was on that process of learning all these things about myself when I looked back it made a good sense for me to pursue this professionally and I luckily had my college degree in psychology so I got trained and I worked as a therapist for over a decade and while I was working as a therapist a few years ago I had some other challenges which I was not able to overcome and that's when I worked with a coach 
and that changed my life so another time another i kind of just loved the kind of impact it had on me um and powerful and and yeah so the sorry <laughs> so the kind of impact it had on me and i realized that well this is something i need to learn the skill uh to help the people that i work with and that's how i decided to get trained as a coach and that's what i do now awesome that sounds like a an amazing journey that's unfolded for you and i just love that you're embracing the concept of not being perfect you know i think nowadays there's such a uh such a different way of looking at our personal growth because i think in the past a lot of people are you know just really obsessed with being perfect and now it's actually getting so much better because we know that progress is better than perfection um and even exactly. it's pretty popular it's not easy to embrace which is why we're talking about this topic because if if it's been easy everyone would have done it by now right so it's a i think That's it's a lifelong true. journey um and we'll, we'll learn is. so much more about it yeah it is and that's i i i mean i remember part of the thing that you asked is how did i come around to write the book so part of the reason is that when i was working with my clients and drawing my own learnings from my journey that how i wanted to be perfect uh and then seeing that when i was working as a therapist in my clients and then as a coach that this this misconception that we need to be this perfect being you know and so working on ourselves is all about fixing ourselves and so that okay after this point i can live perfectly in life and it's it's through those conversations that this whole idea about the book came that it's the journey of well-being and personal growth is not so much about being perfect it is an ongoing process we learn we grow lifelong like you said and it's a lot about how are you relating with yourself as you go on that journey how are you relating with the world so yeah yeah that is so true it's such a deep topic and there i i guess there's just so much to cover because you know when we talk about the relationship we have with ourselves it's a very unique relationship and it's not the same for every single person and like you said you work with a lot of clients to be able to write this book right so i could only yeah. imagine you know being able to relate to even just one person or one aspect um would be really helpful for all of us um and we'll talk a bit more about personal growth and growing and the growing pains and all that sort of stuff very soon before we jump into the topic of the day we have a little section called have you met palavi so we'll get some of your recommendations just five quick things that come to your mind when you hear these words and i'm sure this is going to be a way for the audience to get to know you a bit better the first question that i love asking because i love reading is what's a book you would recommend oh meet your inside team oh it's a i've book. never heard Yeah, it's it's a book that talks about how within our own head we are talking to ourselves and there are different characters within ourselves. So it's again a book about getting to know yourself better and it's a it's it's a book that has done that that topic justice. It's amazing. You'd get to know yeah. yourself well. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that sounds like a very interesting read. I'll put that on my list. Thank you. How about a movie you would recommend? Wow, this is a tough one, but I guess one of my all-time favorites is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Have you seen the movie? Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, I do love it. I watched yeah. it, I think, 
a couple of years ago, like not that yeah. far that long ago. I found out about it pretty later on. Uh, but yeah, I really love that one. So such a good recommendation. Thank you. Uh, how about a podcast you would recommend? A podcast that I love. So I am someone who's uh, not a very good auditory learner. So podcast, listening to podcasts is not always easy, but one podcast that I love is by Jordan Syed mini podcast. It's about fitness, physical fitness and your relationship with food. And I love that. Oh, wow. Interesting. Thank you. And next one, who is your famous role model? Or if not a famous person, then who's your personal role model? That's an easy one. It's my four-year-old nephew, Leo. <laughs> because he's so curious, naturally so curious. Just like a couple of hours ago, he was asking me all kinds of questions. Um, yeah, I, 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 that's my goal. To be even if it, I could be half as curious as him. Ah, that's wonderful. Love that. And finally, what is a course that you've completed that you would like to talk about? So it's my coach uh, training course that I did in 2021 with the Coactive Training Institute CTI. Um, and uh, it's it's one of the most amazing course or learning process that I have been through in my life ever. And I've done a lot of trainings and courses. And it is something that is helpful for people, not even or not only when you want to be a coach, but also uh, just by your own personal learning, just to know yourself better and just to live your life better. And uh, I mean, I love how the training focuses on the nuance of a lot of things. A lot of times when we do uh, trainings or courses around such topics like well-being and personal growth, um, it it is hard to kind of convey the subtleties and the nuances and how it would look different for different people. And I love that, that the course does that very, very well. Oh, nice. Thank you. Uh, that sounds like a wonderful training program and it's got you here as well, right? So very glad to hear about it. Alrighty, so now we've covered all of the questions in the Have You Met Pulavi section. So I've got to know you a bit better. Hopefully our audience has got to know you a bit better. And let's talk about well-being and personal growth. Uh, this is my favorite topic to talk about. I think the past uh, few years like have been very interesting for me personally. And um, especially for everyone on this planet who's gone through the pandemic, I'm pretty sure all of us have gone through, you know, period of personal growth, regardless of everything else. Um, so I think everyone would be interested to know more about how to embrace the fact that we don't really need to be perfect to grow. Um, and so let's talk about well-being first to set the scene for, for this conversation, because it's all about well-being on this show. So first of all, all of my guests have very different definitions when it comes to well-being. What would be your personal definition of well-being? Wow, <laughs> that's that's a complex one. But I would say my personal definition of well-being is that it is a journey about exploring and discovering what you really want, you know, what makes you truly happy and fulfilled, and then working on creating that in your life every day. So to put it very briefly and simply, you know, that's what I think uh, well-being is. 
a journey of exploring and discovering what you really want, what makes you truly happy and fulfilled, and then working on that every day. And uh, I want to emphasize the fact that it's a journey. It's a process. It's not about the destination. It's about enjoying this process every day. There will be ups and downs. It would feel nice and smooth, and then it would feel you know, hard on some days and, and it's all, it's important to kind of be in the moment and enjoy the whole process of well-being. Like you said, all your guests have a different definition. That's, you know, I totally agree. Well-being could look different for different people. It could look like, um, finding joy in small things, or it could look like, you know, doing something that, that feels energizing to you that is passion that brings alive the passion in you or you know well-being could be slowing down for some people or speeding up for some people so yeah it it has it's a whole wide world in itself yeah totally i think it's so unique to you when when you said that you want to find something fulfilling and work towards it because they this is exactly what personal growth is about, right? Because I feel like at uh, at certain points in time, you feel like you're just coasting through or just, you know, going through the same routine, doing the exact same thing, staying in your comfort zone. And in those moments, perhaps our sense of well-being is not that strong because we're, you know, we're just doing the same thing over and over and we're not really finding anything new. And, and I think to me, like, it kind of happened not long ago and I was kind of like, am I hitting plateau? I don't want to do that. You know, I, I really want to find personal growth and um, define it for me um, to see what else I can do. It's not about, you know, like, oh, like something is wrong, but it's actually more out of life. Um, and so I think that that's where you can really, you know, flourish when it comes to your well-being. I, I get it what you're saying and I think what you're pointing out uh, here is something very important. It is you're talking about not getting into an autopilot mode of taking whatever ads in and it's not so much to not confuse that with mindful and being in the present. It's like, oh, you just do things sometimes we get into our own rhythm and mindlessly just keep following things and yeah. go on that autopilot mode. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's actually quite dangerous, you know, when we hit that stage, as, at least for me, like, I feel like if I'm on autopilot, it's pretty dangerous for me because I am the kind of person that love to have this kind of like zest for life, like this curiosity that's just like your nephew, you know, like I would love to be curious and learn new things and explore different aspects in life. And I feel like this is where our personal growth gets challenged as well. And we'll talk about personal growth very soon. Uh, but coming back to well-being, there are actually quite a few misconceptions out there when it comes to well-being. So we've discussed our uh, personal definitions and our interpretation when it comes to well-being. And I'm sure when you work with clients, when you interact with people, even in your circle or, you know, like acquaintances, you would notice that certain people or some people have um, like a the way to look at well-being that is probably not going to benefit them. And so we call them misconceptions. So I wonder in your line of work and with the work that you've done and just in life in general, what are some of the biggest misconceptions you've noticed that people have about well-being? Well, the top on the list is, you know, uh, that well-being is all rainbows and sunshines. <laughs> like, you know, and, and the forced positivity to the extent like I, I, 
I sometimes refer to it as toxic positivity. So yes, you know, being happy and being content is an important part of well-being, but that's not what well-being is all about. Um, you know, for example, uh, when somebody goes through a job loss, being laid off, being fired, a good sense of well-being, a good relationship with ourselves, it would include allowing yourself space to kind of grieve that loss. Process it. It's not about, oh, I'm fine because I'm forcing yourself to be positive that no, it doesn't affect me. That That is not well-being. Same thing if, if you're in a relationship, you have a breakup, you know, uh, having this expectation that if you have a good sense of well-being that means oh you go through from that heartbreak and just move on to the next or you are the zen person who doesn't feel hurt or heartbroken that's that's not true so um yeah that is on top of the list you know well-being is more wholesome more yeah. whole than than just the positive force positive things uh so that is to, on top of my list of misconceptions that sometimes I see with a lot of people. Um, another thing that I said is, you know, we kind of already touched upon in the first question is that well-being, sometimes people think well-being is a destination that you can one day arrive at and then you have it. That's it. You're there. So unfortunately, that's not the case. It's yeah. like you learn and you grow and you know what you want and then Life yeah. happens, there are new struggles and there are new challenges and then you check, you know, it's evolving, it's growing. So it's not a destination, it's a journey. And and lastly, I mean, there are many misconceptions, but the third very important one is that a lot of times people can misunderstand well-being to be same for everyone. That is not true. And, uh, you know, it's very nuanced and it's very subtle. So it's important to, when you're going through a course or reading a book or looking at a model of well-being that is telling you something, it's important to take it and look at it. How does it fit? You know, like, like you'll go and buy clothes for yourself. How does it fit me? <laughs> Even the same small medium is different for different fit for different person, diff for different bodies. It's the same thing with well-being. So when you're going through these courses, trainings, or models, or book, reading all these things, take it and see how it fits you, what works for you, what calls to you, and what doesn't, you know, work yeah. for you. Um, yeah. So um, I think it's a really good list of misconceptions, it's kind of a long list as well. And what I really noticed there is, you know, a lot of us think that it needs to be a perfect journey, just like you said, and it is not because this journey that we go through life to actually have well-being is a constant work in progress. We don't just have it, or even when we think we've grasped it, if we stop the work, it's going to go away. And that's where, you know, this personal growth topic is going to come in really handy because I think as we go through life, the different life stages will present us with different challenges. And that means, you know, our senses of well-being will need to have an upgrade in the system that we use or, you know, even the tools or the ways that we approach it. And that is because we need personal growth throughout these periods. You know, what works right now will not work next year. Or even, next, or even next quarter, you know, like something might change, right? 
something might change. Yeah. We need to constantly learn and adapt. So let's talk about personal growth now. It's a very timely topic is given your all of your misconceptions. So then the big question for all of us, and I, th I think everyone has a way of perceiving this, but the big question would be, well, how do you define personal growth? How do you define personal growth? Well, I would say it has three key components, self-discovery, learning and growing. And it is a process of becoming a better version of yourself, but in a way that is personally meaningful to you. And, you know, um, again, a lot of times people think of personal growth as improving your skills, improving your talents or reaching your goals. And while uh, personal growth can help you do that, it's not all about that. It is about having an open mind being open to new experiences, uh, learning from your mistakes and your failures, um, willing to get out of your comfort zone. All those are part of, you know, personal growth. Yeah, there's there's a lot to it. I think it's a pretty big definition when, when we really think about it, because if we say, yeah, you need to work on your comfort zone. And I like to think of it as stretching my comfort zone. Like, cause a lot of people are like, you gotta step out of your comfort zone. I'm like, do I really need to step out of it or should I just stretch it? So like personally, I would say I like to stretch it a bit further. So, you know, something that feels a little uncomfortable, I'll try to do that more and more. So then it becomes comfortable and then my comfort zone that. sort of expands. Yeah, so that's how I personally I see example. it. And you mm. know, to add to that, I love to give my clients uh, a lot of times the example of, and that's why I love the word stretching, the example of, you know, when you go to the gym to build muscle, you don't go like on day one to gym and start lifting 50 pounds. <laughs> you start with five pounds. You stretch your muscle just a little bit out of its comfort zone. And the muscle breaks down. You come back, you eat. You do that day in and day out for a few weeks. You go to the next heavyweight, maybe to the seven pounds, eight pounds, and you stretch your muscle. Personal growth is exactly like that. So you're right. It's not about jumping out of your comfort zone. I love the term you said, stretching, yeah. stretching your comfort zone just a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I was kind of thinking about that personally a, a long time ago. And then I saw this video by Dr. Julie Smith, who wrote the book, Why Has Nobody Told Me This Before? And she was saying the same thing, you know, like she was uh, sort of saying you have this comfort zone and you have this panic zone. And then in between you have the stretch zone. So then I was yeah. like, wow, this is confirmed. Like what I thought was true is actually confirmed by research and by psychologists. And it's true. Um, and so I was kind of like, you know what? maybe I'm in the right direction, but I'm not perfect at it. Again, this is just like my discovery that I would love to share because I think it's pretty fun to think about that concept. It's scary to just be like, okay, let's just do something that you've never done before, have no experience, and it's going to scare the heck out of you right now. No, I think Not it's easier work. to... Yeah, it's easier to build up to it, you know, like a yeah. little bit every day, um, just like going to the gym. Uh, like yeah. you said, I really love I really love that analogy. Um, so yeah. we've talked about personal growth and there's, uh, it's, again, there's so much that's going to go into it and we can dissect it later uh, in more detail because I think we need to break it down into components, even, even though you said, you know, there are three pillars to it earlier. Uh, but what I really want to know, and this is for our audience's benefit, is this show is about well-being and we're talking about personal growth. 
what would be the relationship between these two concepts? You know, how does personal growth affect our well-being? Well, I feel like personal growth and well-being are basically just two sides of the same coin. You know, they're very closely interrelated. You cannot um, separate the two. And to just give you an example, um, you know, if you're working on your personal growth and it would affect your well-being and if you're working on your well-being it would affect your personal growth and so so coming to the example like i want to share here my personal example uh about a couple of years ago i was working on myself with the help of my coach about um how can i make it more easy for me to trust people you know i found it it was hard for me naturally so that's a personal growth topic while I was working on this topic, as I was going through my self-exploration on the subject and discovery, I realized it was not so much about me being able to trust other people. It was about me being able to trust my own ability that, you know, when I'm trusting someone, I'm, they don't uh, do things or the, relation does, the relationship doesn't turn out as I hope it to be. Can I handle the heartbreak? you know, with my friends, with other people that I'm letting them inside me. But if they, their uh, actions or their relationship with me is not as I expect, can I handle that? So that where I started with thinking about trusting other people, it was basically about trusting my own ability, you know, and learning that and focusing on that and reminding myself day in and day out about that so that it becomes part of my everyday habit and behavior once i did that my relationships in general you know around me cut better and because that cut better i uh, feel more content in life i can i find it easier to lean on people to ask help so you see how personal growth which was about trusting people and trusting my own ability helped overall well-being in my life and you know the same it goes the other way too like uh sometimes for some people well-being could just be working on their physical fitness or mental fitness right and if people are working if somebody is working on that by working on their physical fitness and mental uh, fitness they are learning to you know how to commit to make a commitment to themselves and stick to that they're learning about self-discipline uh, they're learning about consistency all these things are helping them you know uh, grow personally it would also boost their confidence what how do they look at themselves how do they feel about themselves so these two are very i feel like just inseparable. yeah they go hand in hand yeah totally yeah, absolutely. I, I totally hear that. And, you know, I think for me, what I've noticed in my own personal life, and I'm not sure if this is backed by research or science, but I'd be keen to find out more about that, is every time I go through something that's really challenging, I work more on my personal growth because I need to get through that. And in the process of that, obviously, if something happens, my well-being is impacted. So as I work through the process of, you know, it could be healing, it could be learning new things, it could be, you know, like um, really achieving something that seemed impossible. Through all of that, 
I noticed that I not only work on my personal growth, I also work on my well-being. So it's kind of like they go, like you said, they go hand in hand. And yeah, there's this like relationship between them that's just inseparable. And when we talk about personal growth, I think that's inclusive of well-being and vice versa. Exactly. They're mutually reinforcing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's, that's yeah. such a nice way to put it. Yeah. Um, and so I think we already covered this before. You know, we, we briefly touched on the fact that personal growth is not something you just do and then it is there. It's not a one-time thing, not at all. Yeah. In fact, it's actually, you know, like a continual process. So I think we can dissect this a bit more because um, I think for each person, it'll be different. And th this thing we call life is very interesting because it's not like you have stages and you know exactly what you need to do in each stage for your personal growth. Uh, we have this qu big question mark in front of us all the time. What's going to happen next? You never know. And yeah, some people might be working on their personal growth all the time, while other people only work on their personal growth when they're forced to. So then yeah. I think th th this is a really interesting thing to look at because uh, maybe there's a misconception out there, just maybe, you know, a few uh -huh. people might think personal growth, maybe I just do that once, you know, and like I, I'll boost myself up to become a, a different person and then I'm done. Okay. I don't think so. I was, I was among this <laughs> until I got a good away. Okay, so you know one of these people. So tell us more about this. You know, like uh, I, I would say that to me, it sounds like th this is definitely not the way to go about it. But um, how should we look at it from a from a more holistic perspective? Obviously, it's not a once in a lifetime thing. Um, how should we approach it? You know, because you know it's not like something you do once and then that's done. You're gonna have to come yeah, back to it, yeah. building it up. It's not like a program. I would say it's not like a exactly. program that you have, but it's more like something that you have to customize yourself and really just keep in the back of your mind at all times. Yeah, exactly. So one of the most important thing is just this awareness, just you putting this question out there. So just the same way, you know, having this out there that this is not a once in a lifetime thing. This is an ongoing journey. Um, and, and it makes sense, like you said, right? Life's has its ups and downs. So there are phases that we go through in life and things are going your way and it's good, you know, whatever you worked on, you can just enjoy it, post through that phase. That's amazing, good. And then when you least expect it, boom, you will be thrown, you know, with, with challenges or uh, struggles that you would find really hard. And I think one of the great examples is what happened in 2020 to the whole world nobody had control right we were all thrown and forced to look at our lives uh, much more closely because we were all locked in away from all the distractions so uh yeah so coming back to what i'm saying it's personal growth is like life ups and downs and how i love to you know look at it is there's ebb and flow to life and there's ebb mm. and flow to personal growth. We should also sometimes not become obsessive and do this mechanically. I did, you know, it's okay. You learned, you grew, and then there's a phase you maintain. Going back to my gym analogy, you know, you stretch your muscle and then you build some new muscles and then you maintain it for a while. Then once you get comfortable at that, that becomes your new homeostasis then you stretch yourself a little more. So the ebb 
and flow, maintaining and stretching. That's how yeah. I like to, you know, look at it. Yeah, totally. I think it's uh, it's a challenging thing to navigate because, you know, sometimes you are navigating through life and you kind of saying to yourself, I need to constantly work on myself yeah. to navigate all of this because it's for some of us, it's like, you know, it's something that we love for me. It's like something that I love. I work on my personal growth all the time, you know, like, and for, I know for a lot of people, it's the same thing, whether it, it, it be, you know, reading, um, taking classes or actively working on something that, you know, is not good for you. Like, uh, I have, uh, my best friend who's working on her attachment style at the moment. I was like, well, that's so random. Why are you doing that? Right. But then when I talk to her, I know that's who she is. She loves to grow as a yeah. person constantly yeah. and which is why she yeah. when she noticed something that's not right in her life she would work on it straight away and i think that's a that's a really beautiful thing but then other other times in other on other occasions there's such a thing called post traumatic growth and this is you yeah. know what our team uh, put in and, and shared with me and i was kind of thinking about it as well and that's true because you know like for some of us it's a continual thing we just keep going with life and we learn new things because we feel the need to we have that zest for learning it's great some other times it's not that simple it's not that comfortable because we go through something traumatic and in a way we're kind of forced to grow and I've, I've actually seen this um, and, and heard stories about this. I've gone through this firsthand myself as well. And I'm not saying it's going to be like, you know what? It happened before and it's not going to happen again. It might yeah. actually happen. So for some of us, maybe we haven't gone through this. For others, maybe we have gone through it before and chances are we will go through it again. So, yeah. you know, I, was, I would love to hear from you, especially because you've worked with so many clients. You know, what is post-traumatic growth? And what should we prepare ourselves to kind of know about it and to have the tools that we need so that when something traumatic happened and we need to have that post-traumatic growth, we approach it in the right way? Oh, uh, so there are a few things. I I have a few thoughts on, on the subject, but just to begin with, you know, what is post-traumatic growth? So there's a lot of research that says for a lot, of, and this is not necessarily um it's not necessary that this happens for everyone who goes through trauma, but for a lot of people, this happens that when people go through extremely difficult times or big traumas in their lives, uh, they are able to find uh, some positive psychological and behavioral changes uh, in, in that process. And what basically happens is that when something traumatic, something big um, happens like that, you are trying to make a sense of it. You know, for example, war victims, if you look at trauma at a big level or at a personal level, lo losing a loved one, it's, it's so hard, the process of trying to make sense of what's going on that it forces you to kind of forces you to look at your beliefs, your perspectives, the way you look at things, and it shakes you to your core. So it is also in that moment, while it's heartbreaking, it's painful, it's hurting. It's also a time where old things are shaken up and it's a fertile ground for new things to show up. And, and research has found that in this process of trying to make sense of difficult and traumatic events, 
people have found uh, a new sense of you know personal strength a lot of times people when these kind of people these people were interviewed they said that they never knew they had that kind of strength to respond to things like this uh so and some people found a new a deeper connection with their friends family or community for some people it brought a lot more purpose and i was reading about i don't know mad do you know about mad moms against uh, drunk drivers this was founded this this organization was founded in 1980s because this mom she lost her 16 year old daughter uh, to a drunk driver and you know one can only imagine the pain and the trauma that she would have gone through but it also became the event that drove her to make this uh, uh issue where she's going to talk about it and she made this an issue for the authorities and everyone she brought mothers across the country in in US and i think now they are in Canada and Brazil uh, along with US mad and they unite against drunk drivers they they lobby for better uh, legislation and and so the point is that this mother she found purpose in that extreme loss that didn't make says how could she make sense so she said maybe that's that's a purpose that she can find from there and so yeah it to talk about you know what you said it happens for a lot of people in that process having said that i would love to warn about one thing if you're going through a tough time there is always learning there is always silver linings but sometimes we get we try to skip the hurting part to get to the learnings and i feel like you know sometimes the best thing to do is to just feel what you're feeling just process your own emotions your experience what's going on there will be learning there will be growth there will be a time for it um and so being mindful of that that now at you will grow if you're going through a difficult time you will learn you will you're stressed right there will be a time for that but it's also important to just be present in that difficult moment to whatever is going on with you rather than only trying to get to some other place yeah i know that that, that makes sense yeah. no it does it hits really hard because that's sort of what i'm going through right now personally you know like i have a situation which i will not name but it's uh, it's kind of hard for me to kind of understand navigate and i'm a very emotional person so i have all of this emotion that i kind of have to process through and uh, last week i had a long weekend and i was kind of like okay let's sit with my feelings and really just let it out and yeah. you know after after this i'll be a better person for myself it's it's good for me and you I know i finished i finished the week and then i felt better and then i was like okay now i'm ready to just like head back into it and just like do whatever and then this week it's hitting me again i didn't give myself enough time yeah i, w- I wasn't so- ready i wasn't ready Born. but i told myself that i was which was the mistake and it's exactly what you're talking yeah, about right you need to give yourself time and space to process and to feel it first before you can actually move on and actually work on the healing part the growing part which will come 
maybe it comes with the emotions sometimes every now and again because you, you get the lessons uh, but the truly growing part i think that needs to come a bit later when you're actually ready otherwise yeah it's gonna hit you really hard that's what yeah. i'm gonna say yeah yeah and you know what i love to ask my clients in these kind of moments one question and i would love for you to take it back and i love to ask myself so <laughs> everything i do and ask people i i love to experiment on myself is what is the permission you need to give yourself in this moment you know and sometimes yeah. when i ask myself the question it's like i need to give myself permission to mop <laughs> around <laughs> yes okay yeah that's very true i love that yeah i'll think about what i need to give myself permission to do yeah. after this rather really good point and i think that that's what our audience can take with them for sure now we were talking about you know the different kinds of uh personal growth that comes into our lives and this depends on different people dif different situations and i think one of the interesting things is i mentioned this to you i have a few friends that are just like actively working on themselves at all times right and that's really inspiring so what are some of the characteristics of people who experience a greater sense of personal growth oh well uh there would be a few things like i i think i talked about this earlier as well curiosity curiosity number one top there at the list uh because and, and I want to talk about this a little bit before I go on naming other characteristics that I feel important. And it is because curiosity, you know, is, is this innocent desire to know more. When you bring that to yourself, huh? Like, what else do I want to do? How else do I want to show up to this situation, to this relationship? It it's beautiful it's nurturing it's energizing and it kind of sets you on the right path versus sometimes and i'm saying all this because i've done all these mistakes you know we can go and say oh i want to grow because i'm not good enough right now where i am as i am you know so there is judgment driven desire to grow versus there is curiosity driven desire to grow and i feel that it's it's good to be aware of to you know keep the judgment off the table so curiosity is important because curiosity could take you uh to places where you could not even imagine openness open minds very again very closely related with curiosity um self-reflection the ability to be able to reflect at a situation at your own behavior at your own perception at your own values and being able to say that does not serve me anymore you know so that ability to self-reflect self of self being self-aware and um another thing that i said this is this is very important being able to be brutally honest with yourself along with being able to be very very self-compassionate and kind you know it sounds very opposite but but that's very important being able to look at yourself and say hey that's not how i want to be responding to the situation like i was working with i i work with a lot of executives uh you know c-level executives and i was working with this uh very top 
uh, executive in a big uh, consulting company and uh, she's very successful. She's brought, uh, grown up the ladder very fast. And, and she's again, somebody who's like very aware of her personal growth. And she said uh, that uh, she came to me with this topic that uh, while she's growing, if she's being brutally honest with herself while she's growing this career ladder very, very fast, and she thought she would be much more happier with this growth, but she isn't, you know, and and what was the reason? Because she realized that in this in this wanting to change this one thing which is important to her, it's not that it's not important to her, she kind of didn't focus on other things that were important to her, which were her own physical health, mental health, her time with her daughter, her husband, and other things. So bringing that brutal honesty that with herself to be able to say, that wow like even in the success i'm not achieving that kind of joy that i felt because i'm missing out on the other things but you know what we worked towards the other side was that she was so harsh on herself for being that you know and and it's important because you will burn out if you don't have that self-kindness and self-compassion on this journey you will burn out yeah totally you will not so there is that and what there are a lot of characteristics but i want to put one more which is very important is i think people who are good at doing this personal growth are also people who are good at appreciating and savoring the successes that come along the way on this journey it's very important it's not only about just looking what's next that i can do better can better that also about sitting back and say whoa look at me how far i have come and just you know relishing that that success that achievement yeah absolutely i love that because i think you know these characteristics they can actually be nurtured which is why we're talking about this topic right that's part of personal growth if exactly. you're going to benefit, you know, if these characteristics are going to be uh, able to bring you a greater sense of personal growth, well, your personal growth journey can start with nurturing these characteristics. Because I think that's, uh, you know, a lot of the things that you just said, I think we we lack, you know, as humans. And a lot of the times, not intentionally. It's not like we are not self-compassionate intentionally. It's just more so, you know, like it's, probably because of our childhood, because of how we've been talking to ourselves our whole lives, because of our education system, because of how we're critiqued, you know, could be anything, right? And it's actually going back to untangling all of that and yeah. really work on yourself. So that's personal growth. Because to be honest, before, before I moved to Australia, I was kind of like this person that was always scared. And when I moved here, a lot of people were surprised and that is because I became a really different person because I had to stretch my comfort zone, right? As I mentioned before. And I think this is an example that I would like to give uh, to relate with what you were saying. You know, the, the self-compassion, I really didn't have that because I was always told to um, be extroverted. I was always told by my parents to, um, you know, speak up, speak louder. Why are you speaking so low and like at, at this low register I why are you being louder just be louder 
Um, and then uh, other things could be like, you know, why are you crying? What is there to cry about? Right. Yeah. And then I started to feel really bad about myself. And then I absorbed all of that through my yeah. um, childhood years. And then I moved here and I realized that there's a whole different world. So it depends on, you know, the, the journey where, where life takes you as well. But then I have this distance between me and my family to be able to see, you know what? None of the things that I did was actually bad. It was just the label or the way that I was told to perceive them that made me feel like I was horrible. Well, yeah. I'm introverted and I embrace that. Yeah, I, I am to totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. And that is, you know, thank you for sharing that, first of all, to be open and vulnerable, you know. Um, and I totally agree. Yeah, it, that happens to so many of us, right? Including me, a fellow introvert. I, for a, for a long period of my time, you know, of my life, I struggled with like, oh, I need to be, why am I like that? Because that's what I was always told. But today, you know, I go to parties. I am that person who's so happy just sitting in the corner or middle of the room, anywhere. I'm happy having yeah. my food, having my drink, listening to people. That's just great for me. I don't. I don't need to get out there and talk and share, you know. And my style of connecting to people is more about listening to them. You know, isn't that amazing? And isn't that add value to the world? Yeah. There are people who love to talk, who are great at expressing themselves and going out. And that's great. They are unique in that way. And then there are people, you know, who are great listeners, who are Shy. I think shy is such a beautiful quality. When I see a shy person, I'm like, hey, I can, I can, you know, inside my, inside my head, I'm like waving, hey, fellow. Yeah, yeah, so, I know. You know, and what you're talking about is embracing who you are, being authentic, accepting yourself. Yeah. So, yeah. It's just one very small example of it. There's so much more, you know, because when it comes to this personal growth topic, I think we really need to unpack what it is that we need to work on ourselves. No one can tell us even, you know, like even though we've had a conversation for almost an hour, we can barely unpack what it is that people need to work on because we don't know. You know, I, I told you about one of the few things that I worked on, but there's so many more. So I think the bottom line here is just really um, learn more about yourself to begin this totally personal agree. growth journey, I, you know, you are you're saying all the right things. I just want you to do that. You should definitely, you know, to come on this career. Uh, oh, thank because, you. You know, that, that's exactly the first question I ask. Yeah. For all my clients, for every session. What do you want? What should we talk about today? Yeah. What do you want today? Exactly. It's, it's yeah. asking yourself, knowing yeah. what yeah. is the topic. Absolutely. You know, and, and that got me, that got a thought into my head. Like, okay, in, in this personal growth journey, do I can consider a new career path or doing something else, right? Like, that's a question that everyone will ponder yeah. at one point or another. You never know. Things happen. It, life is interesting. And that's why a personal growth is a topic that I love talking about so much. But in the interest of time, now let's get to something a bit more practical. So we've talked a lot about the theories and, you know, if we didn't get to cover something, let's cover it in this practice section. So we're talking about personal growth. We know the importance that it has because it's super important to our well-being. It's important to us as humans to evolve and to really live our best lives basically so what is a practice that you personally do to improve your personal growth 
Well, okay, so that's a very interesting question. There are a lot of practices, but my favorite and the one that I've been doing for the longest period of time is very, very simple. Is me having the first cup of coffee with myself in the morning. That is my practice. And, you know, when I tell that to people, people are like, what? How is that a personal growth practice? But it is, you know, because from the time from my room that I walk down the stairs, come to the kitchen, make my, it's a whole ritual to make, I'm, I am fully present to myself. I make that coffee and I sit there is one particular spot where I love to sit with that coffee on the chair. And it's my time from that, you know, as I sit down, I take every sip. I am present to the taste, to the flavor, I'm savoring. But I'm also so much present to myself, to all of myself. It is I. It is so important to me that that time, that practice, because it it is a time. It is a very high quality time with my own self. And you know, I I'm curious in that moment about myself. I am listening to myself. And the other thing is. I'm really savoring the good things. It's that moment, the beginning of the day, I look back, you know, to the week, to the month, and just, I like to reflect and say, wow, you know, these are such good things. I could really relish and enjoy as I savor my coffee. So that's my favorite. That's something I've been doing for the longest time. Mm, that's beautiful. It sounds really different, you know, because a lot of the times on the show we would hear practice that are also amazing, but they, like it's clear, like people hear it and they know straight away, like meditate, go for a walk, exercise, really specific um, and also like super popular. This is the first time I've heard this practice, you know, just having a coffee with yourself. But I really yeah. love that concept. Yeah, like having time to yourself. And I think it's something that's super underrated. And it's kind of like this a rush of you know like go 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 you gotta go out because you know go here go there and meet people but maybe that's the introvert in you talking as well you know you gotta have that reflection time for your personal growth and you know that that like i said i think i didn't we didn't talk so much about this topic uh so far but i would want to really highlight savoring you know savoring is when you eat a food you really focused on the flavor the taste the texture the temperature you know that's about food the same thing about the good things in your life we are so uh, a lot of times we are so focused towards fixing what's not working that we forget to truly and deeply appreciate what's good what's there and you know, so with time, I have come to realize the importance of savoring. And I think that's one of the most important reasons why I love this practice a lot. And the second is, like I said, I get to listen to myself. I get to know a lot about myself when I'm quietly spending this time with. Yeah, beautiful. I love that. And so you mentioned a couple of good things already, but if we were to recap, what would be the three key good things that you get out of this practice? I said, yeah, right. Savoring a lot of listening to myself, getting to know myself better. And I would say it's also deep connection with myself. Like I am in a relationship with myself, which is intimate and I spend quality time with myself. Oh, beautiful. I love that. Um, so you said that you do this every single morning. 
I'm pretty sure there would be some challenges because some days you're busier than others. So what are some of the challenges when you do this practice on the daily? Does it feel well, the same every time? Yeah, well, <laughs> no day is same, right? But I would say, you know, now after a lot of years of practice of this, it's a lot easier than just even a couple of years ago. Um, and I would say even today, sometimes the it is challenging to prioritize yourself. It is challenging to say no to other people. Like a lot of times people want meetings, right? I, I try not to give any meetings before 10, 30, 11 in the morning because I want 9 to 10 to be my time. And then, you know, slowly easy to work. But I, I, it's hard. There will be sometimes important meeting that you want, you're chasing. So saying no to those kind of things is hard. That's a challenge. Um, prioritizing yourself is a challenge. Yeah, that. Yeah, totally. So you do this every single morning. You have, you know, prioritized it, even though sometimes some days it's harder to prioritize. How have how has this changed your perception in life and your sense of well-being overall? In in so many ways, you know, this is also the time that when I'm going through something very struggling, this is also the time sometimes I'll just sit and I'll allow myself to cry. I'll allow myself to kind of feel, to experience. So to answer your question, how has it helped my overall well-being is that it allows me, one, to be very, very present with myself. Two, it allows me really to kind of understand and know what really matters to me. When I'm sitting, when I'm so present to myself, sometimes I think, oh, getting that thing done was very important. You know, when I'm running and going fast, but then I would sit next day in the morning with my coffee and I would realize, well, well, it's not such a bad thing. Okay, it's upsetting, but in the big scheme of things, you know, it does not really matter. So there is, it's easier for me to accept difficult things. Um, it is definitely something that has helped me be more of me, be the more authentic me. And I feel, you know, since we're talking about myself here, for me, the most important thing is to just show up in my life as, you know, authentically as me and just show up to different situations without trying to be someone else try or trying to do something that that doesn't resonate here with me yeah i, hear I hope you. that answers <laughs> oh yeah totally i think it it has to sink in because it's it's like something that's so personal to you and i f i guess it's a feeling that you will have to embrace when you actually try the practice right so it's not gonna be i don't think it's gonna be the same for everyone but it will be an thank interesting you for thing saying to explore. That. thank you for saying that and that's what you know i do because that's what i think you know, coaches are able to do. And, you know, it goes back to what I said in the beginning, if you remember, uh, this journey is also very nuanced and subtle. So this is an exercise that works very, very well for me, but it may not work for somebody else. And that's totally okay. So that's when I'm working with people in one-to-one -one sessions, I help 
them craft you know exercises and things that that uniquely works very very well for them yeah absolutely and that's a really good one because uh, this is a customized approach for each person everyone has their own journey if we're gonna say you know what you're gonna have to have a coffee with yourself every morning that's gonna help with (laughs) that's not gonna work that's not gonna work for everyone some people don't drink coffee for example exactly and some people for some people you know that kind of stillness doesn't work totally that is such a good one um so finally on this practical part um if someone was to do the similar practice as to what you're doing which other practice would you recommend them to combine it with so what are the practice that i would recommend people to at least try on and see how it works for them is uh, one is you know journaling writing about a topic that is let's say troubling you or you're not finding at peace with or it's it's you know it's something that is on your mind uh could be a relationship right could be why am i not able to commit to my fitness you can just write that topic and just write for 15 minutes without thinking without filtering and see what shows up on paper this is something that that i often use with my you know clients and uh, unless you're someone who truly hates writing or journaling yeah this this works for a lot of people so definitely give it a try even if you think oh i don't know how is writing gonna help give it a try that is one second is i also love to ask people uh to do a a different version of this exercise which is writing letters to yourself and you can write letters to yourself in any kind of situation when something good happens write a letter to yourself it would allow you to savor the good things uh, about an achievement about a success about you know whatever is good in your life um when you're struggling with something write a heartfelt kind letter to yourself i find this particularly very very helpful for people who struggle with, you know, self-compassion, self-kindness, write a letter to yourself about, think of yourself as a diff- as another person and say, what would you say to this person if this one was your very dear friend, you know? So, so there are those two questions, uh, those two versions of this exercise. And sometimes I cannot stress enough uh, about asking yourself the question, which is, what do I want? But what do I really want? And what difference is that that thing that I want is going to make to my life? And you will be surprised the kind of answers that you will get. These questions, they may say, seem very simple, like, what? of course I know what I want and I know what difference it's going to make. But ask yourself with curiosity and wait to see what shows up. Yeah, no, I really love that. Thank you so much. I think it's kind of like, a, it's like a hug to hear that, you know, because I think a lot of the times people don't know where to start. And to for us to, to have a practice that we can try, and like you said, writing the letter, I really love that one because I realized how much I write to others and not to myself. Like even journaling, right? I do that a lot, but I don't actually consciously spend time and effort to write myself something nice. 
most of the time. So that's a really nice reminder to, to do it uh, again. It's been a while since I did something like that. So we'll definitely yeah. try that. Right. I'm pretty sure that's going to be very helpful. Um, so you we have covered. Out. Thank you. Um, so we've covered everything in the practical part of it. And now we have some questions submitted from our audience. I think uh, they have a lot of questions about this to particular topic, but I found uh, this one to be particularly interesting given the topic that we just discussed. Um, so the question goes, how can individuals measure their progress and success in their personal growth journey so that they're not preoccupied with trying to be perfect? That's a very good question. Yeah. <laughs> and I said again, um, can you say that again? Is that just a question? Say, how can individuals objectively measure? Could you just repeat the question again? Yeah. How can individuals measure their progress and success in their personal growth journey so that they're not preoccupied with trying to be perfect? Yeah. And, you know, the answer to that is that you will have to subjectively judge that so you would have to sit with yourself again self-respect with brutal honesty and see how far you've come one thing i am sure anybody who works on themselves you know they make much more progress than they actually realize that they have to so i think take that first that even if you can't see it, because our memories, we are biased. We have negativity bias, right? So even if you've progressed a lot, but one thing that you have, you're still struggling with, your brain would show you that negativity bias and it would make you feel or believe like, oh, I haven't really grown so much, you know? So that second thing, being aware of the negativity bias, that are you really objectively assessing, sitting down, looking how far you've come? And believe me, if you sit down and you're being honest and asking yourself how far have I come, you would know how far you have come. Uh, it wouldn't be as objective as rating yourself or having an objective measure. You know, it's not like you can weight, weigh your body weight or weigh your height. It's, it's not so kind of objective or simple like that. But you can sometimes use a rating scale. I do. I do like to do that. And uh, it is helpful to a large extent is like, let's say, pick up a topic about me trusting my ability to trust people and trust myself, you know, in relationship on a scale of one to 10. When I start working, I always read, where am I? Am I a three? Am I a two? Am I a four? Am I a five? You know, I don't know. And then a month, two months later, when I have worked a little bit, I go back to the notes and then I look at that and then I rate myself, where do I think I am objectively today on a scale of one to 10? So that definitely helps to some extent. I, I do that a lot of times with my clients. So in our first session, their key areas, we help them do a self-rating. And then we do that somewhere in the middle and then we do that, you know, a few months down the line. And that's that's really a good way of putting numbers. Yeah. It's not it's not a um well let's say it it's still a subjective evaluation, but the numbers gives you gives you a much concrete idea. Yeah, absolutely. 
That's a really good point. I think another thing that I would also say is to, um, if you journal, you know, to keep logs of everything and just capture how you feel what you did to be able to feel that way um, and, and see the progress. Because if we look at how far we've come, it's different from look at how perfect things are. It's very <laughs> different, you know? So I think for me, right, when I was going through a really tough time, I kept journaling. Like, I think that time, like my journal was basically my best friend. I was journaling a lot. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't see anyone, but I kept journaling. And after that, after a few months, um, I read that again. Like I read through all the entries again. And I was like, wow, I did not know how much I was going through. I didn't realize. And you forget it. Yeah. yeah. And you forget. Yeah. And, I and, and, then, and then I reflected on that and I was like, I feel so much better now compared to then. I've I've made so much progress, you know? And Literally. you know, like it's just like kudos to myself. Like, you know, pat myself on the shoulder, like, yeah, yeah. well done, Lou, you did a good job. And then same yeah. thing happened. A year later, I read those entries again. And this time I'm like, wow, I was a completely different person then. Yeah, yeah. So if, if you're a person who's, you know, actually tracking and journaling, that's an amazing way. And and just what you said, Lou, even if there are people who are not the journaling type or who haven't done that, I think what you said is very important. Instead of asking yourself, have I solved this problem or how perfect am I in this area? Instead of asking yourself the question, that question, ask yourself, how far have I come? How yeah. much have I grown? Think Absolutely. of yourself two years ago. Do you mm. recognize that person? Nope, <laughs> not at yeah, all. Yeah, <laughs> I always get the same answer. Yeah, I know, right? It's it's crazy how much you can change in a in a year, even in six months. Like so much can change. Totally. I love that. Yeah, so inspiring yeah. to have this conversation. Um, but here we are at the end of it and i would love to get you to talk a bit more about things that you're passionate about and your work this is your open mic before we let you go so please go for it yeah thank you that's uh there's so much that i can talk about and it's like when you give me an open mic it's hard to pick <laughs> but but if i have to pick i would love to talk about my book uh, as I said, is uh, my book is about relationship with self, um, and it's it's focused on actionable inputs about well-being and personal growth. But I want to share a little bit how the whole idea of the book came. While I was working, you know, with my clients' therapy and coaching and my own journey, I realized uh, that a lot of times you know, self-worth, the topic of self-worth kept coming up. And, and I realized that the idea of self-worth and related ideas like self-esteem, they were all formed with, with the best interest to help people, you know. But self-worth is, is an, a concept which is about feeling about yourself. And sometimes it's so hard if you've conditioned yourself over years and years to look at yourself in a certain way suddenly you know you try to tell yourself no no i am worthy and there's this little voice at the back of your mind and say shut up you liar you know <laughs> has happened has happened has happened to me and to a lot of people that i worked with that you kind of get stuck 
at some point with this whole idea of self-worth because again it's about believing that you're worthy of all good things and then you go on in life and you see failure and struggles and things that don't work out because no matter how good you are you're gonna see a lot of these things or to some of those things and when you face those things this this other voice in your head says no you're not worthy that's that's how we are conditioned so instead of kind of trying to fight something like that i started working with myself and my client and i i had that breakthrough is that instead of focusing on how you feel about yourself focus on how you treat yourself so valuing yourself irrespective of whether you think you're worthy or not how are you going to treat yourself because that action the choices that you make about yourself is what's going to make an actual impact think of it like if you are in a relationship with your child or you know your spouse right you don't all the time think that they are best and perfect <laughs> you can see their flaws but it's okay you still choose to treat them with love with respect it's the same way for yourself and that's what the whole idea about valuing yourself is and that's an important part of the book there are a lot of other things and components that are important uh in our relationship itself but this is something that i feel deeply and very strongly about because it it really changed in a very deep deep way uh the way i, I looked in related with myself and and i saw that with a lot of a lot of my clients that i worked with and uh, you know that let's not fight you know <laughs> with our own self let's do ourselves good and so the book the book focuses on a lot of exercises how you kind of apply these real life uh how do you deal with these real life challenges and it shares a lot of real life cases so it will give you a little inside view you know uh, what I, i like to say of how other people have probably handled situations or challenges uh or topics that you are working on and uh, yeah so that's there is that and my experience of coaching has played a very important role in that um because coaching is all about knowing yourself coaching the work that i do one to one with people it is all about helping them know themselves better helping them really truly know who they are what do they really want what holds them back what gets them going what's life giving for them what brings them alive so you will see a lot of you know stories and exercises and journeys from from those real life uh people that i worked with Yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing about your book. It sounds really exciting. Uh and we'll be really really excited to read it soon whenever it comes out. Finally, before I let you go, if our audience would like to connect with you or if someone would like to collaborate with you, how can they find out about you and reach out? Amazing. So, uh they can reach out to me on my email, which is pallavi@thewellbeingways.com. Should I spell it? p a l l a v i the wellbeing ways t h e w e l l b e i n g w a y s 
thewellbeingways.com. They can also find me on LinkedIn. I am very connected to open to, you know, if you send me a message, I would respond. Thank you so much. Wonderful. It's been the joy having you here to talk about this topic. I love talking about this topic all the time. And um, I think it's very timely for me personally. And hopefully it's going to help a lot of people in our audience as well with their personal growth journey because it's never ending. And some days it's going to be better than others. But the most important yes. thing is to keep going. I agree. And it's thank you for having me here. You've been a lovely host and I love how you bring your own personal experience, uh, you know, to to the conversation. And I can totally you. see that you have worked in yourself. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank and you. enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you. You've been listening to Doing Well, the Wellbeing Science Insights podcast produced by the Wellbeing Science Labs, a division of LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. More episodes are available from 10 Life Management Perspectives and can be found by searching LMSL on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, and other podcasting apps available on your devices. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, share, and subscribe to our channel so that other people can find it and we can continue to provide quality content. More of our work can be found on our website at we.lmsl.net where you can join our movement. I'm Lu Ngo. Thanks for tuning in.